Hello and welcome to the Pro Football Network Miami Dolphins podcast. I'm your host, Matt Infante, joined as always by Adam H. Beasley. And today is going to be a good one. A huge game coming up on Christmas Eve means a huge podcast this week. And I'd like to welcome to the show PFN's Dallas Cowboys reporter and host of the PFN Cowboys podcast, Jess Navarez. Jess, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for letting me crash your party this week. It's going to be a fun one. Infante, I feel a little bit like Austin Jackson. Every day there's somebody new to the left of me, okay? Uh, last week it was Behrman. You weren't here because apparently you were way too busy to take 45 minutes out of your week to talk to me. Uh, let's just say that the company has improved significantly this week with Jess over David, okay? It's 100% an upgrade, 100%. Um, I, I will say, though, last week, it, it, it. I know David was like, oh, you just didn't want to do it because of how that Titans game went on Monday night. But I had asked him before that game, when I totally expected it to be a win, to fill in for me because I, like Adam said, was too busy. You can blame our CEO, Matt Kanata, for that one, Adam. Um, I blame him for everything, so it's par for the course. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, so Adam, um, l- let's kind of go here, um, but touch on both teams last week. Because, um, I guess they're very different games. Um, so, so, Adam, for the Dolphins, they bounced back from what was um, – the worst loss I can recall in a while, considering the expectations, the where we were in the season and what it meant to the season, losing a game that they were two touchdown favorites. They bounced back uh, and trounced a really bad Jet team. Yes. Uh, well said. I <laughs> uh, don't think there's anything more to add. They played like garbage in the last two series against the Titans, and they took out all that frustration that had been penned up over the course of six days and just absolutely manhandled steamroll the Jets team that is one, two, three Cancun at this point. I think they're definitely looking for the offseason to get here as soon as possible. You saw Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines, just could not hide his disgust with the offensive line. Um, I, there's zero chance that guy, even if they somehow were still alive for the playoffs, is going to want to come back on one leg and play behind that offensive line. Crazy stat for you and Fonte. The, the, the Jets had 43 dropbacks in that game. Uh, the Dolphins brought pressure on 22 of them. That is absolutely bananas to pressure the quarterback on more than half their dropbacks. Uh, that, that that defensive front is clicking on all cylinders. Uh, even the Titans game didn't have the sack numbers. They still brought some pressure. It wasn't obviously that number, but I think they, they got like eight quarterback hits, I believe, in that game. The Levis was just able to, to get it out uh, and, 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 and maneuver a bit. Uh, I think that defense is going to continue to get better. You're going to get Jerome Baker back uh, in two weeks. Um, you're going to get Xavier Howard likely back this week. You're going to get Javon Holland back likely this week. Deshaun Elliott's had a concussion protocol. He is going to play this week. So the fact that they were able to, another crazy stat, hold the Jets to fewer yards than the set number of sacks that they had in the first half. Dolphins had five sacks. The Jets had four yards. And to do that with, I mean, I, I wrote it, $87.8 million on the bench in cap obligations because of injuries at the end of that game. Tap, tip of the hat, I'm looking forward tonight. We're taping this on Tuesday of seeing Hard Knocks to see how McDaniel kind of flushed that terrible Titans game out uh, and got his team ready to play. Uh, he's always been saying we want to be playing our best football in December. Uh, considering the circumstances, I don't know how they could have played a much better game, uh, particularly with their issues on the offensive line. I mean, Eichenberg is a punching bag. We all know that for, for Dolphins fans. But the fact that he gutted it out and they didn't have to turn to – Let's be honest, a couple of guys that should not be in the National Football League. The market has said they should not be in the National Football League. Guys have signed off the street. Uh, 
believe it or not, Matt, Liam Eikenberg on one leg is better than that alternative. Um, you got a game ball for, for gutting it out. Good team win the whole way around. Uh, it's what the Titans game should have been. Uh, and now we, we turn the corner and we get to the most exciting part of the season. Yeah. And, and, and Jess, um, what you saw on Sunday was probably was, was very different than, than we experienced here, you know, covering the dolphins. Um, so the Cowboys went into Buffalo, um, or at least, I mean, they were there, they didn't really show up. Um, so give us what your take on what you saw, kind of what it means and where the Cowboys go from here. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't press the panic button just yet. And the only reason to press the panic button at this point is because the loss that uh, they suffered to Buffalo has a few contributing factors that have been their downfalls before. One, they cannot win on the road, and nobody seems to know why it's just a road issue. Is it cadence with the offense? But more so, this was a defensive loss because there were no takeaways in this game. Sure, they were putting pressure on Josh Allen, but that wasn't the issue. It's the run defense, which, surprise, surprise, we're hearing about again. That's been a reoccurring issue since their downfall when they lost to the San Francisco 49ers last year and the year before that in the playoffs. So that's why it's concerning is that these are the same issues that have continued to strike strike the Cowboys at the wrong times. Um, not only that, but tackling. That is one of the biggest thing you're hearing at the star all week. Cowboys had 12 missed tackles in this game and they came at key moments. They allowed explosive plays on the defensive side and there was just no ball hawking going on. There was absolutely no containment. Uh, they they looked deflated in the first half. And not only that, penalties. You're talking very killer penalties that the Bills uh, capitalized on every single time. And so um, just not their best performance. In fact, it was their worst performance all season. And now you go forward. You have two of the next three games on the road. This team needs a road win, and uh, they need one before the playoffs because, ironically enough, that road loss, well, it probably means they're doomed to play on the road come playoff season. Uh, and playoff contention, well, they had that in the bag, but after the game, Dak Prescott said he didn't really care about that uh, because of the loss that they suffered in Buffalo. So um, you can't really blame the weather. The weather was nice the first half of the game. It wasn't raining until the second half, but... There's a lot of questions going into this week of, one, how do you fix the run defense? The Cowboys were without Jonathan Hankins, which is a key part of their run defense, especially in the trenches. But two, it's a linebacker size issue. You're dealing with Damone Clark, uh, Marquise Bell, who are, keep in mind, just small for linebackers. Um, Marquise Bell, he is a former safety, so he doesn't have the body type of a big linebacker that you need inside the box. Not only that, but the safeties in general, they were without Malik Hooker this last week, um, which didn't really make a difference because the safeties all season have been just kind of behind the bar. Uh, and you don't really know why Donovan Wilson didn't have a training camp. He had a calf injury uh, throughout training camp. He came into the season later, so he's kind of on a slower progression. Other than that, the safeties just aren't looking great. J. Ron Kerr's dealing with uh, multiple injuries throughout the course of the last couple of months. Malik um, Hooker now dealing with that ankle injury. So really, it's just uh, this goes back to the defense, but also the offense was not able to get the run going. And that's been frustrating for the last couple of weeks here in Dallas because why? Well, you have your one-two punch with Tony Pollard. You have your one-two punch with Rico Dowdle, but uh, you can't seem to find a way to keep it consistent throughout games. Um, the last time the Cowboys had the least amount of rushing yards was against the Eagles when, ironically, they lost on the road to the Eagles. And so, again, it's just uh, history repeating itself. I think that's the only reason people are really panicking uh, as much as they are, and they have every right to be frustrated. But I wouldn't 
panic and throw the season away just yet, especially because the Seahawks decided to help the Eagle, uh, decided to help the Cowboys last night uh, on Monday Night Football and beat the Eagles. So it's a fun week in Dallas for me. <laughs> yeah, and I bet. And now they get to come on the road to Miami on Christmas Eve. Um, and you mentioned the you know the home road splits. Um, we've seen something similar like that here in Miami as well. Um, and that's, you know, kind of one of the reasons why I know, Adam, you've dubbed this the Spider-Man meme bowl, um, because these are two very similar teams where they've questions about the teams they've beaten versus the teams they've lost to and right? the quality of opponent and the home road splits that they're very similar. Yeah. And they also have quarterbacks. Everyone loves to doubt. I mean, there's that as well. Um, they have head coaches that, uh, certainly draw attention, uh, in different ways, McDaniel, uh, and McCarthy, um, both mix. Who, who knew that? It's it's the uh, yeah, they start with them. It, you know, it's crazy. There's so <laughs> many. There's so many similarities here. Um, but I, I do think that uh, the, the Dolphins will have the advantage, obviously, because they're playing at home, and they're I think 15 and five uh, as favorites in the McDaniel era, and they are now 18 and three, I believe, in their last 21 games at home. Um, a couple of stats, really, that you know certainly favor the Dolphins, um, but the, the the injuries are a great equalizer, right? Like, Matt, we don't we don't know who for the Dolphins are going to be back. I, I went through the, the list of guys uh, in um, on defense, on offense. The offensive line is still very, very much so a question. And I, I made a joke about Austin Jackson looking to his left and seeing somebody new every game. He might not even be available, right? I mean, he might not uh, be there uh, uh, because he's got a bleak injury of his own. They think he's going to be okay, but they don't know for certain. Uh, Tyree Kill, big, big question mark. And, uh, you know, they, the Dolphins have been okay when he's been off the field. The idea that, you know, he, he brings the dynamic to the offense of, of, of stretching the field, uh, giving them a big play, home run threat that Jalen Waddle can do, but it's just, there's one Tyree Kill. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, I need to get a sense of what they're going to be at physically before I have a real good sense of what this game's going to be. And, you know, it's, it's Tuesday afternoon uh, when we're taping this, it's, it's, we're still a little bit of ways away from that. Yeah. And Jess, you mentioned um, along the same lines, there's some injury concerns that the Cowboys have, right? Zach Martin is an injury concern. Um, there's some injury concerns along the defensive line. Um, where, you know, in your estimation and what you know right now, what do you think, you know, who might be in, who might be out, who really is a toss-up right now as we head into this game? Yeah, Zach Martin, obviously one of the bigger concerns because it's Zach Martin. I mean, you hear that name and automatically your head is going to turn. Uh, and he's a huge part of your offensive line. The issue is this offensive line has struggled specifically on the right side with Terrence Still at left tackle. He's coming off of a season-ending ACL injury. He's talked about it. He's acknowledged it, that it's been difficult for him to readjust post-ACL injury coming in as soon as he did to the season. And so Zach Martin has kind of had to take double the load to kind of compensate for what Terrence Steele has not been able to do. And so now you, if you don't have Zach Martin, you have TJ Bass, who's an undrafted uh, free agent and he's a rookie. So having him step in in Zach Martin's shoes is already a big feat. But then when you have the right side of the line that's struggling that much, it uh, adds a little bit of a challenge. And not only that, but this offensive line only had six starts together so far this season, and continuity was a big thing that was lacking. And so not only are you dealing with possibly not having Zach Martin, one of your veteran uh, players on that line, but you're talking about kind of taking a few steps back in terms of continuity on that line that 
uh, you definitely saw was uh, lacking in that game against Buffalo with all the pressure being put on Dak Prescott constantly throughout that game. And so Zach Martin, uh, we heard from Mike McCarthy on Monday. He said he's hopeful uh, that Zach can play come Sunday against the Dolphins. So that's kind of going to be, I, I think, your biggest indicator oh, his practice uh his practice effort going in Thursday and Friday. Wednesday is typically a veteran rest day. So if you see him pop up as a DNP, that's normal. He hasn't been participating in Wednesdays uh, for the last few weeks just to preserve his body. As for Jonathan Hankins, we don't have a timeline yet, but I don't think it's likely that you'll see him return. He's dealing with a high ankle sprain that he suffered two weeks ago. And uh, it just didn't seem promising. It, it seems like a little bit more, uh, time will be taken for him to kind of rest and rehab. And then the next question will be Malik Hooker, um, safety, who, yeah, you you need all the experience you can get, especially in this game. This team needs a road win. They need to rally. And really, they need to get that bad taste out of their mouth. They need to beat a good team on the road before they head to the postseason. Did, did you hear that first world problem? She slipped in there, by the way, and Fonte, oh, they've only had six games together. The Dolphins, yeah. offense, the Dolphins offensive line has had 10 different variations through 14 games. All right, Navarro's it's, it's a totally different situation we're talking about. You here, know, okay? you know, I wish I I wish I could feel bad for you, but considering now how the uh season has played out and we've only had six, we're grasping at straws here because uh it, it really does matter when you have your starting O-line out there and when you don't. And uh, Adam, I'm sorry you relate to that problem. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens this weekend. <laughs> I've had to learn how to spell Keon Smith this year. I mean, there's just a whole list of things that I've had to do that I never... I get the Robs confused. Which which Rob is in? Jones, Hunt. I, I, <laughs> yeah, okay. We've only had six starts together. Boo-hoo. <laughs> You know, and certainly we saw Buffalo kind of take advantage of the, the Hankins being out and, and, and this is soft run defense in general. But but Adam, do the Dolphins have enough along the O-line this week to take advantage of that? We know McDaniel wants to be committed to the run. They're effective when they do. But can the O-line, do they have the pieces this week to take advantage of that the way the Bills did? Check back Wednesday. I mean, yeah, it, 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 it does sound like uh, they're going to, you know, do everything they can to get Austin Jackson the lineup. Rob Hunt has not been ruled out, but even still, I, the, the way that I, I, this is just me guessing, but I, I think the first time he was out with the hamstring, they were trying to be cautious. And then the worst case scenario came up and I think he may have actually made it worse. And so, uh, you know, these, these soft tissue injuries, they've always, been a week later than a week early uh, in bringing these guys back. That's just how they operate. Um, it would obviously look to me their best possible offensive line. If they can get to this point, Isaiah Wynn's not going to come back. I mean, they, he, he, yeah. McDaniel said yesterday, he's not even on his radar. Like that, 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 that's a pipe dream. And would you like a 60% Isaiah Wynn or hundred percent Jerome Baker for the playoffs? Obviously they're going to, they, they have one roster spot left. They're going to, they're going to use Jerome Baker. Um, but I, I almost think that moving Eichenberg back to guard, to left guard, Rob Hunt at right guard, and then hope one of these guys that you brought in off the street, because that, that way you would at least have four of your five best offensive linemen guaranteed to be on the, on the field in positions that they play well. Or do you just get crazy and put Ken, Kendall Lamb at left guard and Eichenberg at center? Because 
I mean, you might have, you probably have a better vantage point of this than I do because I'm, I'm watching from the, you know, the crow's nest of Hard Rock Stadium. But how how have the Lester Cottons and the Rob Joneses of the world looked for the Dolphins? I mean, have those guys been better than Eichenberg back at his natural position and a, and a natural guard playing center? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, but I mean, the concern, I don't know what that drop off is if you have one of these new guys come to center, right? That, that That's a concern. Um, I, I don't, I think I'm more comfortable from my perspective, just having Eichenberg there at center, just because at least he's, we've seen him do it. Um, as opposed to these guys that just signed what last week, um, off the street, basically, uh, what I think one of them hadn't played a snap since what 2019 they said it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I can't remember the name. I know they had Matt Skura, Skura. I don't remember the other one that they signed. That's it's how Jonathan bad. with two T's, correct? J O N O T T O. Yeah. And the last name escapes me. That's how yeah. bad things are right now here, Jess. They we're talking about potentially playing a guy at center who has not uh, had a snap since 2019. Oh, and speaking of which, how bad was Skura been in that tryout that he was the practice squad player? Not the dude that's been out of the league for four years, right? Yeah. Um, yep. It's Jonathan you, Harrison, by the way. Oh, Jonathan what a hard Smith. last name to remember. Good yeah. Lord. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's it's bleak compared to, oh, oh, my goodness, Zach Martin might have a boo-boo you guys got going on in Dallas, okay? You know what? But, but- it's falling. If it wasn't, here's the thing. It's Zach Martin, and and you need him. That's, that's the problem is – it's Zach Martin. He is your all pro veteran guard. And naturally the sky is going to fall. And uh, I, I think what he had mentioned post game in the locker room was that he, at first they thought it was a knee injury and you go back and you watch the video and it looks like a knee, uh, but it's just a quad contusion from what I'm hearing. Um, just nicked him in the quad. Uh, they just don't know the extent of it yet. So um, we'll see. I, I, I'm telling you, I think Thursday or Friday will be the indicator. I wouldn't panic if he's a DNP on the Wednesday practice report. Usually Wednesday's practice reports have a laundry list of veterans that didn't participate. Um, so yeah, the sky's falling over here, Adam. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, sky's falling in Dallas and especially after that loss in Buffalo, it's a, uh, it's a lot this week. It's a, it's a real fun week over here. Okay, let's let's real quick, and I know you're you're playing traffic cop here, Matt, but I'm taking charge for a second, okay? No, go ahead, all yours. Whose sky would fall the most with a loss on Sunday? Um, honestly, I think the Cowboys because they haven't lost two consecutive games so far this season. Yes, they've lost on the road, but they haven't been consecutive. Um, not only that, but you're talking officially kind of handing over the NFC East to the Eagles because yes, the Eagles losing on Monday was vital to kind of keep their hopes alive to possibly take over the NFC East. Still not very likely the Cowboys have to win out and the Eagles uh, really don't have a hard feat coming up with their schedule. Having to play the Giants twice just doesn't seem likely that they're going to lose uh, to the Giants, which would be nice if the Giants decided to help the Cowboys just doesn't seem likely, Um, but we can hope. Uh, I, I think the sky will fall for the Cowboys a little bit more only because it's this was a very embarrassing feat for them. They they came out of it just ready to turn the page to Miami. And it's not necessarily a burn the tape situation, but it did cause alarm for, like I said, repeating issues. Your run defense is something you've been discussing over and over and over and over again since your downfall of being what kicked you out of the playoffs last season. And you're three weeks away from the postseason and it's coming up again. That causes uh, sounds for alarm. And not only that, but 
Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the offense bounces back on the offensive side of the ball. Dak Prescott was heavily favored in that MVP conversation pre-Sunday and not so much anymore because of that performance. The offense couldn't find uh, how to get going even in the passing game, something that they've been completely dominant in in the Texas Coast Mike McCarthy offensive system. Play calling wasn't great. They couldn't get the run going, and so nothing was exactly clicking. But I think if you see a repeat of that on the Cowboys offense, there's cause for panic. And the sky will definitely be falling uh, at the star in Frisco. So um, I, I, I'm going to give it to the Cowboys. I'm going to say because of the loss they just came off of in the way that they lost, I'm going to give it to the Cowboys. Adam, I, I'm curious what your thought is there. Because I mean, to me, I think a lot, a lot of the arguments you made for the Cowboys are exactly the same for the Dolphins. Like, Yeah, if- 100%. That, that is 100% <laughs> right. Um, I think I, I think that it would take a loss to Dallas and Baltimore for Scott to be falling because I think the Dolphins still see the AFC East is still within their grasp. Even if they lose these next two, all they got to do is beat Buffalo, right? All they right. Do. Yeah, no. From, from, a function, we, from a functional standpoint, uh, the, the Dallas needs the game more than the Dolphins uh, yeah. because uh, just, just, just so you know the Dolphins scenario, no matter what happens these next two weeks, if they beat the Bills, they win the division in the finale. If they win in a t- week 18, but I don't know how much you know about the Dolphins Bills history. There won't be a lot of there'll be a lot of nervous moments in these parts uh, if you have to beat the Bills to make the playoffs, which they still might not even need to be. Like they could finish 0 3 and still get in because of how bad the AFC is in a lot of ways and the tiebreakers that they have. Uh, but if you finish on a three game losing streak and you finish the season without beating a team with a winning record, which has been the hammer that they bludgeoned this team with nationally for months now um, they have another December collapse, which has been this team's MO since I think Matt was in diapers. Uh, really it's been forever that this team has been bad in December. Um, you don't have any confidence whatsoever that even if they get in as the seven seed, they're, they're going to make any noise, right? Because they, they would have failed every test that they've had. Um I kind of in a weird way, Infante think that of the three games they have left, this is, the one they should win. Like this, 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 this to me is the best matchup for the Dolphins. They, I mean, again, a little Dolphins history for you, Jess, they're terrible at MT Bank Stadium. Last year, notwithstanding, and that only took complete breakdowns in the secondary by Baltimore in the fourth quarter for them to, 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 to come back and win. But they've been like, the Dolphins once lost at Baltimore 40 to nothing in prime time. Like they've had some really bad results in that stadium. So I don't love that game at all. Uh, and then Buffalo was Dolphins have three wins in a decade, I think, against the Bills. Is that what the stat is, Matt? Yeah, but one was last year in Miami. So let, let's not look. I don't love the matchup. The Bills, we talked about it last time, right? If, you know, of all the opponents you could face in round one, if the Dolphins had to face the Bills, that would be the worst case scenario. I mean, the Bills are the team I don't want no, no part of them, no part of them. But I would not say it's, you know, an automatic loss because we've seen the Bills is on their own throw games away because they're the bills and Josh Allen is prone to some um, interesting decision-making uh, and, and ball security th- issues. Do you think this is a bills different bills team than we saw beginning of the season though? Well, it's an interesting question. I, I wanted to ask Jess what offensively, what happened to the Cowboys that they just could not get anything going against the bills, a Bills defense that is supposed to be ravaged of injuries, right? Because they're without Milano, they're without white, and they've recovered. And all of a sudden, this unit is playing 
among the best defenses in, in the NFL. And it looked like Dak Prescott and, and, and the team, they couldn't get anything going at all. Yeah, you know what it was is it was the battle in first and second down and really creating those third and long situations that came back to really bite the Cowboys and and didn't help them, right? They couldn't establish a run. They couldn't establish a passing game. And with a struggling O-line, and sorry to say this, Dolphins fans that are listening, that Bills defense is going to bring on that pass rush, and they're going to be all over the quarterback. I mean, uh, it's interesting because I feel like, yes, you hear that they're very injury struck right now, but they've adjusted. They've had weeks to adjust without their key players really in right now. And so what you're seeing is a confident Bills defense. And and really, it, it was a battle of being up front, putting pressure on the quarterback, stuffing the run. I mean, they just read McCarthy's scheme like it was really their own to read. Uh, this, Bills, this Bills defense came out and and they look like a different Bills defense even from the week before uh, when I was watching them. But overall, it's the amount of pressure they're putting on the quarterback. They're ball hawking, and ultimately, they're tackling well. And it, that was everything, ironically, the Cowboys defense was not doing uh, on the other side of the ball. And so, yes, I, I think you're seeing a different Bills defense and just a Bills team overall. But this win with the Cowboys, they're playing for their playoff contention at this point. They're playing every game to fight for their lives. And uh, unfortunately, when a team beats the Cowboys, that boosts morale times 10. So I don't think the Cowboys uh, helped the Dolphins at all in in this situation because it really did, it amplified what they needed. Um, As for the Bills offense, Josh Allen joked after the game saying he felt like the kid in the class project that didn't do any of the work and still got an A plus because he didn't have to do any of the work. You have a James Cook who is playing at an elite level, not just as a running back, but as a receiving threat in the red zone. Um, and and he's just such a fast, slippery, and patient running back that he would wait to watch the Cowboys defense completely miss and then take his run. He was getting nine-yard runs just consistently. Uh, so tackling needs to be shored up if uh, the Dolphins want to make sure to contain the run. And that's really their biggest threat is uh, their the the run on the offensive side of the ball, the run game is phenomenal with James Cook. He's, he's- and Fazi, I do I do think I do think the Bills have been underrated for much of the year. Um, I I think that you know the Dolphins certainly have had some boneheaded losses too. Uh, the, the, the 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 Chiefs and the Titans, I think they outplayed both those teams and they should have won both those games. Uh, but I mean the the Bills, you look at some of the ways that they've lost games this year. Um, they are an incredibly good eight and six team, like a very, very good eight and six team. If you look at the advanced stats, uh, they're the third or fourth best team in the National Football League. Um, and so that's why, I mean, it's crazy. It's like they're the, they're the four best teams in the league right now. I think they're the Niners, the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Ravens. And the Dolphins are playing, <laughs> and the Cowboys. I'm sorry, those are the five best teams. The Dolphins are playing three of those five teams down the stretch. Um, couldn't have asked for a better opportunity to prove themselves, but also it would be nice not to have to white knuckle the division after starting whatever they were nine and three. Yeah. So before we get into, I want to you know talk a little bit about you know different um, aspects of the actual matchup. But I had to ask Jess. You you mentioned uh, you know another loss and you know they're playing for their playoff lives right now. Are the Cowboys also playing for Mike McCarthy's job? Is there a scenario where? They collapse. They, they say to lose to Miami, lose to the Lions next week. Even though they'll still get in the playoffs, I'm sure. Um, is his job on the line this year? Honestly, no. 
that's all outside noise from the building because you talk to any of the players, you talk to Jerry Jones about it, and they're very bought into the Mike McCarthy era uh, at the star. And, and I wish everybody had a chance to talk to the players about how much of an impact Mike McCarthy has made on this team. It's just such a different coaching era than what this team has seen before. Um, even coming down to the input that the players are allowed to make when they were creating this offensive scheme with him, I think was huge. Dak Prescott uh, constantly talks about how much him and Mike have grown their relationship this season to make sure that the play calling is top notch and uh, Dak can perform at the highest level. And you've seen that you've, you have not seen Dak Prescott play better football than he has this year under Mike McCarthy's play calling. And so, no, I, I don't think there's a scenario in which Mike will lose his job. I think uh, if, if anything, you you expect some growing pains when you switch your play caller uh, from from somebody who was there for years and years and, and a younger play caller at that in Kellen Moore. And then you go to somebody like Mike McCarthy, who has more experience doing it, who's more of a veteran, if you will, mm -hmm. in, in calling plays. And so I, I fully expected some growing pains. And I think you saw it at the start of the season. I don't think he's done a horrible job at play calling. I think his head coach, he is very healthy for the team. And then I always bounce back on saying he's healthy because the guys in the locker room respect the hell out of Mike McCarthy. There is not anybody in there that will sit there and tell you, um, you know, something that they don't like McCarthy uh, that he's doing or he's implementing, because if they don't, they talk to him about it. He's open ears about it. It's, it's a very, uh, it's a very healthy communication with Mike McCarthy and his team. So no, I don't see a scenario in which Mike will lose his job. I, I think this is a very sure coaching group that you have right now in Dallas. I think come the off season, what you have to worry about once again is if somebody's going to try to scoop up Dan Quinn for a head coaching position. I think that's kind of an off season worry that you have to have in the back of your head at all times because it's Dan Quinn and it's happened two times now um, for understandable reasons. But other than that, no, I think Mike's job is very secure and very safe in Dallas, no matter what happens. From, from the outside, the only criticism you would have of McCarthy is his playoff record, obviously. I mean, the regular season, uh, he is you know, he's won 165 games in the regular season, uh, over a 600 winning percentage. That's really, really, really good. He's done it in two different places. 11-10 and 10 the postseason and one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. That's – if people want to bang on him, that's it. So, you know, it's to me, you evaluate coaches holistically. You don't just say, how do you do in a one-and-done situation – but I also don't own a $7 billion franchise, okay? And if I'm Jerry Jones and I'm 80-some years old and I'm getting you know, a little bit tired of losing the playoffs, rich people do impulsive things sometimes, but I think by and large you're right, Jess, that the body of work he's done, the way he has made that team a uh, consistent contender in the NFC, uh, put a little respect on his name. Oh, yeah. And, and at that point, too, if you're starting over with a new coaching era, you're setting yourself back by at least three more seasons, especially when you look at the long list of free agents that they have to uh, either re-sign to new deals and impactful free agents. We're talking guys like Stephon Gilmore, Brandon Cooks. Those guys came in and made a sure difference on this team uh, just from the trades that Jerry made over the offseason. What are you going to do with them? Are you going to give them uh, an extension? Are you going to offer them contracts? Speaking of extensions, you know who needs theirs? Micah Parsons, Dak Prescott this offseason. And so, you know, if you're starting with a new coaching reign, even in that perspective, you're setting the team back more than you are really helping boost them forward. Because like I said, these guys are very bought into what Mike McCarthy is doing. They're bought into Brian Schottenheimer. He's not a, a stranger. He was coaching on this team. Uh, he was 
doing something else. Um, I want to say analytics uh, for the last couple of seasons with the Cowboys. So moving him to OC just made sense. Um, and then you have Dan Quinn, who you just know is an automatic guy. So this coaching team and John Fossil, hate to forget him, a uh, special teams mm. coordinator who's just absolutely one of the coolest people to talk to uh, about special teams and gives you a new appreciation. But Overall, if you take away Mike McCarthy from that equation, you're just setting the team back more than you are helping them. So, yeah, I I agree, Adam. Put some respect on Mike's name here because he absolutely has earned it. Well, okay. So now l- let me let, let let's move to the the game on, on Sunday. Um, and Adam, I want to start with you. If the Dolphins are going to win, what do you think the script looks like? How, how do you see it actually unfolding if this is something where the Dolphins are going to, you know, I think it's a one and a half point line that favors the Dolphins right now, which feels about right, right? I think if it was in Dallas, it'd probably be one and a half to two the other way. But I think home field swings it. How do you think it would play out for the Dolphins to leave Hard Rock on Christmas Eve with a win? Well, I think uh, let's just, before we go forward, let's look back for a second. This defense right now is playing fantastic. Since week eight, it's one of the best, if not the best defenses in the National Football League. A logical counter-argument would be, though, who have they faced, right? Which of those offenses have they faced? They got torched by Will Levis in the fourth quarter with the game on the line. Uh, I see you grimacing in pain, just me bringing that up. Um, I was watching that game with, with David Behrman, too. And I was oh, much more composed than he was so as it was unfolding. Well, uh, I'm sorry for you and your eardrums then, because yeah. uh, I, I watched on the flight back from Bangalore – the uh, NBA Finals, uh, no, the Eastern Conference Finals, Game Seven. Uh, yeah. Thank God, business class was empty. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> uh, regardless, the 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 Dolphins' defense playing great. Jalen Ramsey, I think they're going to let him shadow CD all game, and we'll see how that goes. But I was uh, about like, to ask you that yeah. because of what they did with Garrett Wilson. I was going to ask you even if Zayvon Howard's back, because apparently. Um, Ramsey wasn't told he was shadowing Wilson until he found out about Howard being out, which is about 90 minutes before the game. Right. Uh, he said, okay, you know, you're going to shadow Garrett Wilson. And he did in the slot, both sides of the field. And he held him to zero catches on one target. I believe it was. That that sounds like a good plan to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, with all due respect to X, Jalen Ramsey's an alien in the words of Mike, uh, Mike McDaniel. So, um, so we'll see how that defense shows up. But to me, they ran the ball great against the Titans, even with a diminished offensive line. They couldn't run the football at all against the Jets. 2.8 yards per carry. Uh, Raheem Mostert, after setting the franchise record for touchdowns, was ticked off because they couldn't run the football better. Um, they're going to have to do a lot of what the Bills did. And, and, and Dolphins run a lot of outside zone, right? They, 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 they get to the edges. That's where the Cowboys have kind of been exploited a bit. And so if you want to see how, how healthy uh, HN is, um, did he come back in the game, Infante? I know he left. Yes. It was weird. He did, he did come he did come back. He did. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we shouldn't, you know, ring the siren too loud for him, but he certainly is an enormous weapon for for that team and their ability to go sideline to sideline, right? Um, so that to me is you you attack those edges, uh, you don't let you know, a, a, a Dallas pass rush tee off on Tua. I mean, Teron Armstead and, and, and Austin Jackson, even if they both play, which seems probably, you know, probable, um, 
neither of which are going to be 100%. So do you want Michael Parsons being able to pin his ears back and go, no, you, 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 you get back, you get in second, fourth, third, and two. That's, that's the world you live in. And maybe throw some deep balls to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Look, I, I, I do think what this past week showed is how ludicrous the idea is that two is a function of Tyreek. Like the, the stats have been clear all season, but he had an 87.5% completion percentage, uh, 119 passer rating, 13.5 CPOE without Tyreek in the lineup. There are st- his stats are better and more efficient throughout the course of the year when Tyreek's off the field and when he's on it. All that being said, you want your best players available at the best time. Diversify your offense. Don't 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 become so reliant on Tyreek just because he's back. Um, and let Vic Fangio, perhaps the best defensive play caller in the football, uh, get after a, a Dolphins offense that might not have its best offensive lineman. That would be my blueprint. But what do I know? I'm just an idiot. Yeah. No. You know, it's interesting. Um, just you mentioned you know the Ramsey thing with, with Lamb. As Dolphin fans, we know how much Hill accounts. He accounts for 29.4% of the Dolphins' receptions this year. Lamb accounts for 29.6% of the Cowboys' receptions. So it, it makes all the sense in the world to throw Ramsey on him and follow follow Lamb around everywhere he goes. Um, I think that I'm more concerned. I think the Dolphins will score points. I'm much more concerned, which is funny, of how the Dolphins' event has played, but they haven't played anybody, right, recently. So I'm more concerned as a fan about – being able to stop the Cowboys than I am about being able to score points on the Cowboys. Um, yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. Um, because, I mean, yes, the Dolphins defense has been great recently. Dolphins offense from day one has scored points, right? And they've had a couple of hiccups. But seriously, I mean, I think – have they scored fewer than, I guess, 14 was the fewest they've had in a, in a game, a Chiefs game? Yeah. That's a pre- that, that's a pretty good season if 14 is your season low. Uh, and, and, and you had I to think, go to Germany for it to happen, by the way. Correct. And, and and I think the Cowboys offense did get exposed against the Bills, and I think that's a favorable matchup for Miami for sure. Yeah, I think uh, when you're talking in terms of the Cowboys offense, CeeDee Lamb is always going to be a predominant threat. And this came after – the 49ers game when he was frustrated and at that point the ball distribution wasn't known you didn't know who was going to get the ball as far as the receivers because it wasn't a consistent threat and so he said after that game I want the ball and since then he's gotten the ball and so uh CeeDee Lamb obviously a huge threat but then you have Brandon Cooks who uh was dealing with an illness last week there's a stomach bug going around the Cowboys locker room and knock on wood. I do not have to uh, get that and be around it because I'm terrified uh, after hearing how many guys are dealing with it. And so Brandon cooks uh, when he's healthy, when he's feeling good, I mean, his speed, you it's unbelievable how a player who has aged so well can still be as fast as he is. Um, And then you have the younger guys, you have guys like Kevontae Turpin that have come in uh, in his second year, taking a really big jump, being uh, more of an offensive threat and not just a special teams guy. Uh, He has special packages that McCarthy likes to sprinkle in a little bit. And uh, you're, you're seeing more of that on a consistent basis. You have Jalen Tolbert, uh, a first uh, second year player, excuse me, who's made another significant jump and used last year uh, to really study and, and learn. And then you have Michael Gallup, who hasn't been uh, as impactful as you would like him to be. But in the receiving game, 
his blocking has been phenomenal. And so everybody, it's a very unselfish unit playing their parts. Uh, I think the only gripe that I have with the Cowboys offense is finding a consistent way to get the run game going because it just hasn't been where you expected it to be. And there are games very much so like you saw in Buffalo where you would like to rely on that run. And so if the passing game is getting shut down, you want to just be able to rely on Tony Pollard, Rico Dowdle. It's just when it comes to play calling, it hasn't been consistent because it's been there, just not consistent throughout all four quarters. And so um, I, I think the Cowboys offense is heavily dependent on what that O-line is doing. And uh again, how healthy it's going to be going into this matchup. But Dak Prescott has played phenomenal this season. Again, you've heard multiple times from coaches, from Jerry Jones, from front office members that this is his best season as a Dallas Cowboy. And so um, you just can see the confidence. And and I think if uh, Dolphins fans want a little bit of a scope to see what kind of game it's going to be from Dak Prescott, watch his feet, watch his footwork and watch how it trickles down because his footwork has just been phenomenal. Dak's being mobile again. That's not something you've seen since his season-ending ankle injury in 2020. He's actually really revamping that part of his game. He's not afraid to run the ball. He's not afraid to move out of the pocket and scramble. But um, what you are going to see is you're going to see a very hungry and upset Dallas Cowboys team for how they lost. So um, if uh, this is the team that I think it is that we've seen consistently all season – you're not going to see another repeat of what you saw against the Bills. Although that is tape that uh, the Dolphins can definitely use as uh, scheming against them. And um, yeah, it, mm, I wish we could burn that tape because uh, it, it is the secret sauce for how to shut them down. So we'll see. One, one quick thing, Infante, uh, it's got to be a clean operation for the Dolphins. Um, even, even in that Jets game, that first half, way too many penalties. They, 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 they kept a clean sheet in terms of turnovers. You know, that's usually helpful. Games in which Tua doesn't turn the ball over, they're, they have a much better chance to win. Obviously, it sounds rudimentary football, but, like, just the, the, Dolph, the games the Dolphins have lost, they've just been complete knuckleheads, like complete and utter knuckleheads, like uh, 10 penalties for 70 yards, three turnovers, just these – other than the Bills game, I – there hasn't been a game this season where they just got they just lined up and lost, right? Every every single game they've had this year, they've been in from a physicality standpoint, from a competitive standpoint. They've just done the dumb bleep that it, you do to lose. Um, these next three games, if they play like that, they're going to go zero and three, right? They you cannot turn the ball over twice against the Cowboys and commit eight, ten turnovers or penalties. You just you just can't do that. So um, I hate to say, I hate to be Captain Obvious here, but if they kill themselves, they're going to kill themselves. Yeah, I mean, how many times were there botched center exchanges in the goal-to-go situation that the other team recovers? There's at least two I remember off the top of my head. There was a Titans game, and there was another one earlier this year. Yeah, um, very early. I, I mean, season. those are the kind of things you just can't do. You can't do it against these any of these next three opponents because you, you do that, you, you give up points, you give the other team possessions – um, they're going to end up, you know, um, falling apart. And and then they start playing from behind and, and forcing things. And then you start to see other turnovers and, and, and you know, players trying to make plays. Uh, even we've seen on defense where maybe they're out of their assignment and they allow a big play because they're, you know, kind of trying to get it all back in one shot. Um, so, yeah, certainly they can't do that in any of these games, starting with, with the Cowboy game. Um, they, they got away with a little bit against the Jets. Uh, you can't do that against these, these teams. You know, so, what's interesting is you talk about self-inflicted wounds with the Dolphins team, and it's very similar with the Cowboys. They lead the league right now 
Spider-Man meme. Here it is. I mean, you, you want to talk about the pre-snap penalties. That has been their kryptonite since, again, last season. But they are going into this game, again, leading the league in penalties uh, with 102 for the season. And the thing about the penalties is they're coming at the most costly, costly times. I mean, you go back and watch that Bills game. You have a roughing the kicker on a fourth and eight uh, because Sam Williams, who's very new to special teams, uh, and he's a, a linebacker at a gunner position uh, who just he, he's a beast. I mean, he's physical. He has a knack for special teams, but he's new to it. And so his hands were a little bit too high. He jumps and then he gets the roughing the kicker posi- uh, penalty. And then that leads the bills up. For a first down, they eventually drive down the field, and guess who gets the touchdown? James Cook. Uh, no shocker there. And then you had um, just so many ridiculously costly penalties in that game, which that's why I said it's it's all coming back to haunt you. But in this game, you yeah, no, this is going to be the game within the game is who can uh, do the least amount of self-inflicted wounds because the Cowboys have just been continuously doing that in all four losses. Uh all, ironically enough, all four of their losses are their most penalized games. And uh, this one, not their most, but it did come at costly times. You know, like early on in a relationship, you try to hide all your flaws, not show your true self. Whichever one of these two teams doesn't show their true self is going to win on Sunday, right? Because both these teams have massive, massive warts that teams have exploited. You know, and the reason they've lost has not been a surprise at all. Um wouldn't it be wild though if it was like 15 penalties to 14, five turnovers to four? One of those just yeah. No, I was just thinking us. this could be a Christmas Eve game, right? It's the 4:25 game. Everyone's going to be watching across the nation, and it could be the most exciting, beautiful football game, you know. Or it could be a game where they're turning it over and penalizing, and it's just an utter disaster. And both of those probably have an equal chance of happening here. Yes. Uh, actually, I think the latter is more likely than both teams playing a, a clean game, to be honest, knowing who, who yeah. the teams we're talking about here. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So, Adam, let's, before we get out of here, this is my favorite part. Adam hates me asking for picks on a Tuesday, but I'm going to. So, Adam, tell me, who's going to win and why? Okay, can I, can, can I ask for a crystal ball first? Okay, go ahead. Tyreek, Austin Fine. Jackson, Javon Fine. Holland, Xavier Howard. All four are playing. Dolphins win. Okay. Let's say it seems like Holland is the least likely to play. Just trying to read the tea leaves here. Say Holland's out. Does that change that? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know they got away with Brandon Jones having two interceptions after having zero one in his first 50 games was just, just, just weird bleed just happened. This well, year it was just very Jets. It was very yeah, Jets. Totally. That ain't going to happen again. Okay. That's the, that, the, the Brandon Jones that we've seen on tape that is a liability of safety at times, Cowboys are going to exploit that in a way that Zach Wilson and Trevor Simeon could not. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the health of their defensive backfield is of enormous importance in this game. Uh, and they won't be down three again, but if they're down two, could get ugly. Okay. Jess? You know, I'm not trying to be a homer when I say that the Cowboys are going to win this game, but seeing how they lost in Buffalo, it's not that I, I, I always want them to win. The job's a lot funner uh, when they win and people want to talk, but they can't afford to lose two games in a row on the road, especially when that puts them in more of a hole to uh, likely have to play on the road come playoff time. I mean, they need this home, this away 
road win against a good team, against a team that's going to give them a fight. They need that confidence booster. They need the morale knowing that they can win on the road. And uh, when you look at the Cowboys' remaining schedule, the Dolphins are the, really the last big game that they have because then you have the Lions, you're back at home. Cowboys could continue their longest-running NFL win streak uh, at home. And then you have the commanders to close out the regular season. And so this is really the Cowboys last chance to prove not only to themselves, but to other teams that that road away situation is not going to impact them come postseason. But um, it, it might also be too late. So I, I think they need this win to continue to boost their confidence, not just for the regular season, but going into the postseason. Uh, you have Dak Prescott, who continuously has just played his best football. I say that over and over again because he changes the course of a game. Um, you, you see a, a healthy Dak Prescott. You see a offense that's clicking again that, again, just a very uncharacteristic loss for them on Sunday. This this game's pretty much shut down. And then if you have the ball hawking skills that you usually do on the defensive side with Stephon Gilmore and then Mr. Duran Bland, Mr. Pick Six, you have a really good matchup there as well. Uh, you mentioned Micah Parsons earlier. You also have a Tank Lawrence who continuously, uh, I, I think, is just so underrated for the amount of pressure and quarterback hits that he gets because it doesn't always show up on the stat sheet. Um, it, it's just really going to depend on we talked about it, self-inflicted wounds, how much discipline they can have in this game and how much fight they want to have to uh, come back and win. You're the tiebreaker, Infante. Uh-oh. I think it's going to be like a 30-28 kind of game. I'm not giving you a pick. I'm not telling you who. It can go either way. I've but, got no but, feel. I've got, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not as optimistic about the, the Cowboys as Jesses because I think that they're – they're a team with some flaws, and um, uh, that defensive backfield has not seen speed like they're going to see against Miami. Like that is oh, yeah. that is one of one speed that they have, one of one talent they have in that wide receiving rank. So, uh, but then again, the Dolphins' defense hasn't seen like an offense like the Cowboys in a long time either. So, um, there's a reason it's a point and a half. I mean, that's basically what. Vegas gives home teams these days. It's not three. It's basically a point and a half to two points. So you put this on a neutral field and it's a true coin flip. Uh, you can't be wrong with your pick until you are. And I'm going to pick the Dolphins until I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, well, Jess, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll do this again in February. That'd Seven be weeks. Nice. That'd be nice. You, you never know. There, there could be a meeting in Las Vegas. Listen, it's not off the table. And that's, I think, for, for both fan bases, it's something that you, know, you can hang your hat on. That here we are, Christmas Eve is coming up, and there's no reason to think that that can't happen. Now, will both teams get that? I mean, what are the odds? That would be great for PFN. Um, but it's certainly it's in the realm of possibility. So They're, they're two of the five best teams in the league. Unfortunately, yep. number one is so far head and shoulders above everyone else. That's that would be my side of the ball. So uh, and that? has beat the Cowboys twice in the playoffs in the last two years. So you know that would be the only the reason. I think Way to just burst the bubble over here. Can't happen, but maybe it will. Who knows? But the only thing I'll say about the Niners are that they, un unlike the Dolphins, until they lost to the Titans. Um, they didn't, they have bad losses, right? They lost to the Browns and the Vikings. 
Like the, these things, weird things happen. So especially getting the playoffs, you never are know. Those, are those bad losses, dude? The Browns are the freaking five seed right now. And the Vikings still have a real chance to make the playoffs. Those aren't bad losses. I mean, no, losing, the, Titan, the, losing, losing the Titans the way I lost to the Titans, that's a horrendous okay, loss. Okay, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to brush off the Titan loss. Okay. <laughs> let, let me have yeah, that. I, 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 the Niners lost those games without two of their three best offensive players. Uh, oh, no, two of their four best because I can't get out of a card. McCarthy, my God. McCaffrey, good Lord. We'll, we'll send this show before I say anything else stupid, okay? Okay. Well, Again, thank you, Jess, for joining us. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do so. If you're looking to subscribe to a Cowboys podcast, well, guess what? We have one for you. And Jess is the host of it alongside our Dalton Miller. So certainly go find that one in all of your podcast apps uh, and, and subscribe there. If you're watching on YouTube, please please like it and, and, and subscribe while you're there. Um, and by the way, we have a merch store. Adam, did you know that? Tell me more. Well, you go to pfnmerch.com and you can get all kinds of Cowboys and Dolphins themed merchandise. We have shirts, we have uh, ugly sweaters, or at least ugly sweatshirts that look like sweaters. Um, and we have lots of good stuff. Uh, so I know you won't get it in time for Christmas, but maybe like me, you have a spouse's birthday coming up two days after Christmas, because that's my life. Or if your you son's birthday your, is coming up two weeks after Christmas, because that's also you got my your life. wife an ugly dolphin sweater. I think no, I'm not getting her that. Filed immediately. <laughs> oh my I, gosh! I am not getting her that. I just wanted to point out the stress of having a birthday two days after Christmas, which is what you she should has. just do. One big gift, one massive blowout gift, like dolphin season tickets. Again, they're. <laughs> No, she she will no 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 that one she will sell them and buy herself something. <laughs> for her. I love that for her. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you if you guarantee her uh, nine trips to or eight trips to South Florida, vacations South Florida in the course of a, a fall, that's not a terrible gift. No, that's the selling point, right? We're gonna go to the Dolphin game, but hey, also um, we'll go to the beach. Yeah, you know, it, it'll be a long weekend. It's not just a a Dolphin game. So to get out of New Jersey in December and January and November is a good thing. So that's so man math of both of you. That was oh, absolutely man math fest. I've Look, ever I, I feel like I'm going to bat for the women of the world. I'm telling him that no, you do not buy PFN merch for Mrs. Infante two days after Christmas. I'm sure there's an incredible selection of goods on that website. <laughs> I just need you focused in the moment and not dealing with a divorce, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Adam. I appreciate that. Just he's, he's being a good friend, you know. Yeah, no, I, I 100% appreciate him looking out for me. All right. So, again, thanks everyone for listening. Um, everyone, have a great holiday. And here's to hopefully a very entertaining Christmas Eve game. And we'll see you back here next time on the Pro Football Network Miami Dolphins podcast. <laughs>